The story itself of the Jewish people give us the lessons for with which we can navigate the world ahead in our personal lives. That's what Torah is, Hora'ah. It's a lesson to us and direction to us on how to live our lives. The Jews are now in the desert. And fast forward. This is now right before the end of the 40 years. The next frame essentially is going into the land of Israel. That itself has its complications because all of the nations surrounding Israel were not so keen on letting the Jewish people through. And so that itself is a different discussion. And by the way, does that sound familiar? But as in all stories in the Torah of the Jewish people in the desert, and of course in our lives we know it's not simple, it's not simple. Sadly, Miriam, the sister of Moses, passes away. And the Torah doesn't say it directly, but just because the next story comes, subsequent, it becomes an indication that it was as a result of. What am I talking about? All of a sudden, after the passing of Miriam, there was no water for the crowd and for the Jews. And then they gather against Moses and they start complaining and they start revolting and saying, it would have been better if we would have died. And why did you bring us into this um, desert to die in the desert, us and our cattle? And why did you take us out of Egypt to bring this to this terrible place? This is not what you promised us, etc., etc. We've heard this multiple times. You see, when the Jews were traveling around the desert, there was a well of water that traveled with them. That well was in the merit of Miriam. Miriam, by the way, was the older brother of Moses, who when Moses was put in a basket onto the river, the Nile, which we all know that story, he was put in the casket, and the daughter of the king saw him floating down the river, and she actually took him out, and she brought him into the palace of the king, which is where Moses grew up. But Miriam was standing from a distance, and she was observing, and she was actually on a lookout. She wanted to make sure that he would be all right. So she has an association with water. She also has a very special association with her younger brother Moses. Anyhow, in her merit, there was this well of water that would travel around with them. And when she passed away, the well of water disappeared. Now you can imagine that there's dehydration in the desert. You can imagine that lack of water really causes discord and uh, is not a pleasant situation. That's the background of this story. Under duress, Moses and Aaron, they go to the tent of meeting and they fall on their faces once again, as we mentioned last week, what that represents, and the cloud of glory descended. Then Hashem said to Moses, and here begins the epic tale of Moses and the rock and the stick, the staff. Hashem says to Moses, take this staff, note the way it's written, this staff, and gather all of the people, you, Aaron, your brother, and you will speak to the rock in front of their eyes, and the rock will give water, and the water will go out from the rock and will be sufficient to give them to drink, them and their cattle. And Moses takes the staff, and just as God had commanded him, he gathers 
all of the people right by the, the rock, and then he starts making a speech, but he doesn't actually speak to the rock. And that's a whole different discussion. He raises the staff and he hits the rock. He hits it twice, water comes out, and of course, there was a tremendous miracle. However, it's problematic because God did not tell him to hit the rock. God told him to speak to the rock, and he hit the rock. And God said, as a result of that, both you and Aaron will not go into the land of Israel. You know, that the great eternal homeland, the promise to the Jewish people, that was Moses and Aaron's punishment. Not an insignificant punishment. But of course, the Jewish people, when they were going into the land of Israel, starting a new slate, and they had to do it themselves. They needed to be independent. But the passage tells us that God said that Moses should speak to the rock. And over here, you actually have different commentaries. They say that one commentary says, literally, he was supposed to speak to the rock. Which rock? The rock that traveled around with them, that essentially functioned as that well that we speak about that traveled around with the Jews. Now, at the point that Miriam passed away, the rock stopped yielding and giving water, which anyhow was a tremendous miracle. And it was that rock that Moses was supposed to speak to, literally. Others say he was supposed to gather the Jewish people and speak about the rock and point to the rock and say, this rock will bring from it water. Be it as it may, and of course, the discussion over here, and the reason that I even bring it up is because the words in the Torah is hasela. Hasela means the rock. And so everything in the Torah is nuanced. And so we look at the word and say, well, which rock? That would be the obvious question. That would be the question you would ask if I was having a, co- a conversation with you. And so the commentaries have that conversation. The beauty as a student is we can look at it, we can analyze it, and we can say, okay, fine, that's great. Which one resonates with us? Is it Rashi's commentary? Is it the Ibn Ezra's commentary, etc.? But the point anyhow is looking forward. When God says to Moses, because you didn't listen to me, to sanctify me in the eyes of the people, Rashi points out that the magnitude of the mistake over here was such that if Moses was talking to a rock, And he describes, uh, Rashi describes, it's an inanimate object. It stands nothing to gain. It doesn't need sustenance. It doesn't need parnasa, livelihood. It doesn't have any of the needs that a human being has. And this rock, which has no gain, is listening and brings forth water. How much more so, the message to the Jewish people is, stop complaining. Stop revolting. Stop pushing back. Recognize that giving yourself over to Hashem, a higher power, just like this rock does, recognizing where our blessings come from and reaching out to God, of course, in prayer, but not complaint, says God to Moses. That itself would have been the greatest message to to the Jewish people. And it was a message or an opportunity that was Missed. It was a missed opportunity. By the way, you know, we have this expression, bringing water from a rock. Why do we have this expression? Because water doesn't come from a rock. So obviously it's a big miracle. Obviously there's a lot of exertion which takes place behind every single effort. But yet at the same time, water from a rock, in this particular case, was that Hashem was going to bring on a miracle yet again. 
and the manner of which the miracle was going to be presented was going to be different, which for Moses was a blunder. You know, oftentimes when I say this, when we learn this story, people get uncomfortable. They're like, you know, it, it's so difficult to live our lives with such precision. And Moses would have been under such immense pressure where he had hundreds of thousands of people like chanting against him as he was standing over there and he, there was a rock and he was supposed to give this state of the union looking at the rock. And that's true. There would have been a lot of pressure. And it's true. There's a lot expected of us. And it's true that sometimes we can get flustered. For Moses, this was a significant event. And perhaps because of his closeness with God, Hashem may have expected more, which in its own right, for me, just, push, just puts Moses on a higher plane. That he was a human being, that he was fallible, that he was able to make these mistakes. Speaks volumes of who Moses was and the magnitude of his leadership of the Jewish people throughout the desert. When I think about the story, and when you think about the story, no doubt what the focus should be is that God can do anything, even bring water forth from a rock. It doesn't always happen in the way we contrive, in the way we set it up, but actually behind the scenes, it's set up precisely, immaculately, immaculately and divinely. Have a wonderful day.